friends, happy November. The holidays are just around the corner. Oh my gosh, it's getting colder. It's soup season, sweater season. <laughs> we've got Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all of that coming up. And as we've been building these podcasts, you know, we kind of start with the big picture things. And now I'm getting so excited because I'm seeing exactly where we can go, kind of deep diving, getting into the nitty gritty stuff. I'm really personally, one of my favorite things to talk about is kind of mindset stuff. Things that we don't know, beliefs we have that we didn't even know we have or our unconscious biases or narratives that we believe about ourselves that make living healthfully much harder than it needs to be. So today I'm bringing up a, a mind point, a view, a phrase, this thing I've seen on the internet. I've seen it multiple times. I can think of at least four or five or six times I've seen this kind of concept acted out in an Instagrammy video or in an ad. And it's something I wholeheartedly disagree with so strongly, even though it's probably thought of as like normal dietary advice or diet culture. It's it's a thing out there. So I'm excited to deep dive into that idea with you. It is a very unhelpful, problematic nutrition mindset, hence the title. Believe it or not, the more I learn about nutrition and the more I even learn about movement and health and exercise altogether, not going to lie, I think that this stuff is quite simple. <laughs> At least on the regular, you know, day-to-day -day human level. Or it, this stuff can be quite simple. But it doesn't seem quite simple, right? Because if we were to Google something on the internet, what's the best diet, blah, 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 you would get 10,000 people totally, con 10,000 people with like PhD or doctor or chiropractor uh, attached to their name, totally contradicting each other. And that's really freaking confusing and annoying. But the more you know the scientific truth and have realistic expectations of how we live in our modern world, I think it's quite simple. I think it can be quite simple. And if it's not feeling simple, uh, if it feels complicated, that is okay because that was me in my 20s, 100%. But it's probably a sign that maybe we're getting our information not from actual professionals or people who might have a strong bias. Uh, maybe we've dove into the deep, dark web, <laughs> found ourselves a little bit wrapped up in that, uh, you know, couple billion dollar industry of fear-mongery, diet culture or gym bro fitness scary places. <laughs> or we have some of those, you know, uh, mindset stuff or beliefs, unconscious or conscious biases that are maybe making it harder and we need to question our thoughts. Um, or, you know, we could also be experiencing not the best health and we just need practical action-packed steps to take towards that. And ah, that's what we're here for. So anyways, with this podcast, especially with me, any nutrition coaching, my goal is just to make this easy. Make it easy. I'm going to use a ridiculous metaphor, but hang in there with me. I think if life or health, uh, general health or life or nutrition, whatever we're using for this metaphor, is like a boat sailing lovely on the river, staying afloat, certain things like, you know, life stressors, pandemic, children, working, paying your bills. Some of those things could be like a little like bullet hole in the bottom of the boat and like water starts seeping in. It starts affecting our health. Certain things like, I don't know, a comment a relative made about your weight in the fifth grade. Uh, maybe that's another bullet hole in the bottom of your boat. Maybe at some point somebody gave you some really strict dietary advice and you saw some weight loss and you did lose weight and you're like, wow, I, I did the thing. Yay. But then you realized it was totally unsustainable. So you gained it back and then some, pew, that's another bullet hole <laughs> in the bottom of your boat. So anyways, we have a boat. Life happens. We have these bullet holes, these things that are preventing us from floating the way we should. Some mindsets and some, I would even say like 
diets or 30 day challenges or things like that. A lot of it can feel like it's helping because we're taking a bucket of some sort and like dumping that water out. Oh, oh yeah, it got little, it got better. But if we're not patching up the bullet holes, we just think about how much harder we have to work. So a lot of the stuff when I talk about this mindset stuff, maybe it's a little woo woo woo, hear me out. We're patching up the bullet holes. This episode, we're patching up a bullet hole. So first, I'm going to give a couple examples of why this uh, super unhelpful, problematic nutrition mindset or phrase can be more harmful than helpful. I'll explain through that. But then at the end, stick around because I'm literally going to explain a story. This just happened last month that literally disproves this. It's And hey, at the end of the day, our podcast is just about showing you all these options and ways to live your life and you can pick and choose. But it's really hard for me like not to get emotional about this because so much of my life in my 20s literally was wasted pulling the buckets out of the boat instead of just patching up the bullet holes. So let's stop chit-chatting. Let's get to it. The very unhelpful problematic nutrition mindset phrase that may not be helping you, could be hurting you, or hey, if you want to live by it, it's, it's a free world. Do whatever you want. But I'm telling you there can be and is a different world. Okay, so how many of you have seen an ad or a commercial or an Instagram reel or TikTok of somebody saying, you need to exercise for this many minutes in order to burn off this much Oreos or this many uh, pieces of pizza? Ah! <laughs> Anyways, do you know what I'm talking about? People being like, you need to exercise on the elliptical for 45 minutes in order to burn three Oreos. Okay, so on one hand, I'll give them a nugget of perspective, and then I'll go on for (laughs) the next 20 minutes explaining why it's totally unhelpful. But okay, in theory, yes, food is energy, and we expend energy. Energy in, energy out, blah, 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 blah. That's not rocket science, and it's not a myth. But looking at it this way as like the Oreos or the pizza equals this much of your moving is so unhelpful and problematic and can hurt your overall health because our mind is doing weird, crunchy, twisty backflips instead of just actually looking at at all of this with an objective eyeball. So let's look at it with an objective eyeball, shall we? Okay, reason number one, this uh, mentality sucks major <laughs> popsicles. <laughs> sucks butt. The <laughs> Oh my God, guys, I do have the mind of a 12-year-old. Okay, I'm a professional, professional hat on. It suggests that we only should or could eat what we can physically burn off. This is completely ignoring, completely ignoring the fact that our bodies have a thing called a basal metabolic rate. I talk about this in the neutralizing calories episode. Super great, go back and listen if you haven't. Our bodies require energy, food, energy, from wherever, to stay alive in the first place. If I were to lay in bed all day, if I broke both my legs and could not exercise tomorrow, my physical body would still need a minimum of like, I don't know, 1,500 calories just to stay alive. And that would be doing absolutely nothing. And of course, that varies person to person. A taller person, a larger person, uh, a biological male versus a biological female is going to need a little bit more. But we have this set requirement that we need to keep our heart pumping and to keep our lungs breathing. Yeah? And that number for everyone will be super low. We move around the house. Hopefully we get some more extra movement, blah, 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 blah. Then your caloric needs go up from there. But that is like a do not ever eat less than that. Our bodies need stuff every day to stay alive. Yes. So hear me out. 
Well, food, of course, there's kind of the spectrum of food that has more nutritional benefits, things that have fiber, getting enough protein, fruits and veggies, whole grains, micronutrients like vitamins and minerals. Yes, eating that stuff is going to be incredibly helpful for overall health. But could we not just get some of our caloric needs to from things that we enjoy? What? What? Um, Mind-blowing. And now some of you may be thinking, well, what if I do want to lose some body fat? What if I want to be in that caloric deficit? Hang tight to the story at the end. Hang tight. We will get there. But anyways, reason number one, our bodies need energy, fuel, calories every day. So getting some from foods that are just enjoyable, maybe less helpful in terms of micronutrients, maybe a little more calorically dense, is, I mean just totally realistic and can be overall beneficial for our health because we have freedom and we avoid these neuroses of bad food, good food, blah, 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 blah. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyways, reason number two that this sucks popsicles. (laughs) I'm a professional, damn it. Okay. Reason number two, this sucks because we're kind of subconsciously tying exercise as currency or punishment for eating foods that somebody out there has deemed unhealthy or sinful or like a treat. The hard thing is also is like a culturally significant thing, you know, hey, the holidays are coming up, pie, Christmas cookies, or hey, back to pizza. I'm from Chicago, so that's my culture. Anyways, all these things, they're just food. They're probably more, there's no such thing as healthy food or unhealthy food, just behaviors that can lead us to health or dishealth. But anyways, these foods that people like to demonize um, because it makes them sleep better at night. I don't know what. But okay, yes, they're probably a little more calorically dense. They're probably super tasty, which drives us to want to eat a little bit more of them. Anyways, these can exist within your diet and you don't have to exercise or run them off. They can just be part of your caloric intake for the day. The crux to number two is that exercise is so beneficial for our overall health. So immediately tying it to like this punishment for like the quote, quote, sin or terrible thing of just enjoying some food that you wanted to, um, that's a problem. Exercise is great. We should just want to do it anyways. And do not do it as a punishment for eating too much. If we did accidentally eat too much, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe we can investigate that. Were we a little stressed? Did we not have enough protein during the day so we were a little hangry at night? There's a learning opportunity there. And we miss the learning opportunity when we just say, I'll just run it off tomorrow. And then we go running and we tear our Achilles tendon because we've pushed ourselves too hard and it wasn't even enjoyable in the first place. And then we start to hate running. And you don't have to like or hate running, but just exercise in general. Moving is so good for our overall health. Do not in your brain confuse it for a punishment or currency for what we eat. We have to eat anyways, and moving feels really good. Those things don't really go together. Yeah. I mean, obviously if we move a little more, we're going to need to eat a little more in general, but this is like big scale stuff over the course of months and weeks and years, not day to day. Yeah. Number three, I kind of already tapped on this, is that it places food on this hierarchy. Whatever foods they're saying, you have to eat this much to exercise this much. Nobody's going around like, this much Caesar salad, you have to exercise. It's these invisible rules or things in our brains saying, hey, these foods are better or worse than other foods. All can fit within a thing. If this is confusing, listen to that episode two, State of the Human Nutrition Union. We kind of cover all of that. And something that I'm just realizing as I get older, I, of course, have to live with people on the internet who are so loud and just scream 
their message that I just don't agree with. I'm always going to run into people who say, these foods are unhealthy and you should never eat them, even though that's something that I totally disagree with, (laughs) unless they're talking about like Tide Pods or carpet cleaner. (laughs) If it's sold as food, it is food. It's safe to eat. Demonizing the actual food is so counterproductive to just looking at our overall general habits and patterns. That's the difference between emptying the bucket and patching up the bullet hole. We patch up the bullet holes. All food is safe to eat. And number four, we tapped on this before, and this is going to lead into my story that will conclude this episode. Let's say somebody is going for fat loss. We haven't talked about fat loss on this podcast um, yet, and that's intentional. (laughs) So much nutrition info out there is marketed only through the lens of fat loss, and fat loss is something a lot of people seek. Our daily lives have changed so much in the past 50 years, and it's very hard. It's hard in this modern world. And some people do want to work on their nutrition and work on their health without worrying about fat loss, and that's freaking wonderful, beautiful, amazing. That's a new a new thing that literally did not exist as of like six years ago. And then there are also people who do want to work on their health and fitness and maybe want to lose fat, and that's also great too. Um, it can be so hard when we're dealing with the buckets and not the bullet holes. So intentionally, we're dealing with the bullet holes first. But eventually, yes, we will introduce the topic of health-centered fat loss, and none of that is separate from anything we talk about in our podcast regularly. It's all kind of under this umbrella of whole health, and you're the master of you. So um, yeah, we'll get more on that. But anyways, Let's say there is somebody who is trying to seek health-centered fat loss, so they'd like to be eating at a minimal calorie deficit. I'm going to use the word strategic. I like that word. A strategic calorie deficit for a set amount of time, not forever. We cannot be on a deficit forever. Um, Specific strategic calorie deficit for a certain amount of time, and I'm assuming that all their other habits are pretty great and in place. Yeah. Um, This leads into my story. Even if we are going to be in that calorie deficit, For any results, something has to be repeatable. We have to be able to repeat it. So if we're only eating foods that don't really make us like super excited to eat them, and there are plenty of health-centered foods that taste amazing. (laughs) I get a huge dopamine hit for my breakfast every day, which is like a runny egg on some toast with chicken sausage and sauteed veggies and fruit. Oh my God, it's delicious. But also we can start to miss those things. The pizzas, the Oreos, the baking, the holidays come around. Ah, and by just saying like, do not eat this because we have to burn it, you can lose fat being in a caloric deficit, including some of the things like the pizzas and the Oreos, and that is going to help make it sustainable. Now, if we're trying to be in a caloric deficit and all of our food was coming from ultra-processed foods, it's not going to last very long because you're going to feel super hungry. They're not satiating and they're low in micronutrients. This is what I'm saying, how it's it's not different than anything we mentioned in uh, episode two, State of the Human Nutrition Union. We'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But when we see these scary videos like, dude, if you eat this much, you've got to exercise this much. It's just assuming that the viewer is terrified of overeating, which I'm assuming comes from a want to lose weight. And if somebody is going to lose weight, health-centeredly thinking about their whole health uh, at a rate that is sustainable, it's going to be super beneficial to include some of those foods that we love in that calorie deficit. Okay, and now we're going to move on to story time. Story time! 
So there's this client I've been working with for a couple of months who in the past had successfully lost some body fat, but then gained it back kind of in this like diet culture, extreme restrict, and then it's unsustainable. It comes back up, it goes down, it goes up. And so we have been working together about a slow, sustainable fat loss that does not feel like we're dieting or depriving ourselves of anything. This person has been doing really, really great. We're about halfway to their goal, which is super exciting. So uh, I sit down with this person. Hey, how did things go the past two weeks? Blah, 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 blah. They say things went really, really good, but there were a couple nights I had some ice cream. And I said, oh, okay, well, how did the ice cream make you feel? Oh, so good. It's delicious. And oh, I didn't go crazy with the portions. You know, like I just took some out of the fridge. I had enough till I felt satiated and I put it back. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. Basically, then we get on the in-body scan. It measures that person had a wonderful two weeks. Fat loss is not linear too. So who, you know, it's a, an accumulation of all this work we've done. Anyways, in two weeks, that person was down 1.5 pounds. And I was like, look at that. Look at that. 1.5 pounds of body fat mass, not of overall weight. We have a way of measuring that. And I said, okay, this is so important. Sometimes when we talk about what we've done, it was like, no, I had a really good two weeks. Oh, but I ate ice cream, you know, two or three nights a week. The whole purpose of meeting, of us working together was to get out of that binge and restrict mindset. And by allowing, okay, no, I did have some of the ice cream. I didn't go crazy with the portions because it was allowed, you know, but it just satisfied that sweet tooth in the moment two or three times a week. They were still in that caloric deficit. They lost body fat and they ate ice cream. If I was an irresponsible person who wanted clicks, I could go on the internet and be like, look, person losing fat by eating ice cream. But it's true. I do kind of want to scream that from the ceiling because it's not the singular food. It is the overall course and pattern. It's not the buckets. It's patching the bullet holes. And I also think this highlights that words matter. It's like, I did really great, but I had ice cream. Just kind of immediately insinuates that it's not part of the plan or it's, it wasn't, you know, maybe it was not allowed or, or bad for us or something. So instead, let's say, yeah, I had a really great week. It included ice cream. Yeah. Is that is that wild? I'm going to do a whole episode about verbiage about food and how that can uh, mess with our internal biases. I'm so proud of that person. They've been doing great and uh, having more flexibility, more freedom, and still seeing the results they wanted. But anyways, I just needed to tell that story because I think sometimes people think, okay, well, in theory, you know, these foods are quote, quote, bad for us and we shouldn't be including them, but we need to look at the big picture. I actually very remember when I was asked deep in diet culture bullshit in my 20s, I saw a video of a ballerina eating a cheeseburger, like a, a principal ballerina. And I remember being like, there's no way she's actually eating that because ballerinas are of course very lean because they exercise a lot. They move so much and uh, they have to eat a lot to maintain, you know, maintain their physical needs. And I remember looking at it and being like, no, this is a lie. It's all a hoax. <laughs> no, dummy. It's not. It's about um, the overall macro versus the micro. And I just think it's so important that even if we're going for health-centered fat loss, we do want to include some things that make us happy to be alive. <laughs> and those things are not at war with each other. And that's kind of that phrase that I've said, you know, that spawned this whole episode. Just it it's promoting that these things are at war with each other and they're not. And it's also assuming that everyone needs to lose fat, you know, which is not true. But if that is something that you are interested in, yes, you're very seen. I can't wait to give you more stuff. Um, and it, it's not, it doesn't have to be a sad diet world. And actually it shouldn't because sad diet world rarely ever is sustainable and just leads us to sadness. The buckets over the bullet holes. That's a great analogy. And I hope to use it more throughout the course of the podcast. So 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful, happy holidays. I do want to get out another podcast this week just about the holidays in general. Um, Some people, it can bring a lot of anxiety. Some people are terrified of overeating. And like I said, it's not an emergency. None of this is, I know it can feel like that though. And I'm trying to honor that. But I'd love to do at least one more podcast before the holidays, just because this is such a great time to talk about food in such a multifaceted context. Yes, it's our energy. um, But yeah, it's also our culture. It's also our comfort. We'll talk more about that in the future because that's a huge untapped territory on this podcast we'll get to. Um, But for, you know, this upcoming next two months, like lean into it being about culture. Lean into it being about culture. Be present. Chew it. Eat it slowly. And listen to your body. You know, when you start to get that tummy ache, it's okay to stop. It'll come around next year. We can have a little more tomorrow. That more on that next week. Yay. Hopefully I've got you hooked. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Um, I'm passionate about this shit and I love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening this week and be sure to rate and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. Let us know what you think and submit questions to beinghumanfitnessandnutrition at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at being human, fitness, and nutrition. And if you want to support us or get bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. We are incredibly excited to start this journey with you, and we appreciate any and all support. See you next week.